Live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, it's Cofield and Company. No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy. The man has unstoppable energy. Steve Cofield. We like Steve. (laughs) But we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Five o'clock hour. Little Rebecca Black coming in. Love it. Friday, 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 Friday. That means Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar at Treasure Island. Willie Ramirez and Adam Hill are there meeting, greeting, kissing babies, eating good food. Willie's getting ready for his show with Gooch. Oh, on man, we got Saturday a power pack show. What do you got going on? We got a power pack show. We got it. We got We got it. We got our own guest coming in from South Bend tomorrow, but we got. Uh, we have Ashley Weiss coming on to talk VGK. We got Paloma Villacana talk, coming in from South Bend. We got Jesse Merrick to come in and talk about local sports. And we have Cody Davis from Houston to talk Texans Raiders. Very nice, very nice. Right, Not to mention Gooch talking about Adam. Sorry. Excellent. Well, yeah. Let's do some headlines here at 5 o'clock. Uh, Adam Hill, you are officially once again a Swifty. I don't know if I'd go that far. First of all, I think we could tie this all <laughs> together because we have the Rebecca Black at the top. Yes. It's a very female pop star heavy presence at the Raiders game this weekend national anthem Jojo really yeah halftime your favorite Iggy Azalea oh is that right yeah halftime show all right bringing the power I like it so it's big and I think it's all to celebrate T Swift's album coming out last night um I almost had to shut down Twitter. It was out of control. It what? might. It kind of made me question. Kind of made me question who I all follow. It was. It was nuts. First of all, our good friend uh, Michael Jr. He was insane on Twitter last night. He made a video like crying about some <laughs> of the songs, and I don't think he was trolling. I think he was being serious. Oh my god! It was. It was crazy on Twitter last night. But I do think. I mean. There were some good songs. It was fine. I listened. Uh, I do. Th- I think John Mayer thought he was out of the woods because she famously wrote just a oh, horrific diss track about She's him, like again. in 2010. She's and all of a sudden, out of out of nowhere, let it go. She just went scorched earth on him again. Like that was uh, what, but, but 12 you, years how ago. You, how do you scorch earth on a guy who everyone knows has been with like 400 women? Just, just filed away as a loss. Uh, you didn't read the room the right way. The, the, the guy, come on, he's he's running well, roughshod through the he's running roughshod through the opposing gender. You can't, you can't be bitter no about it. Like a woman now, to, now to yeah. to your point on that, Steve. I mean, yes, maybe, but I mean, I think part of her anger and the what she goes yeah. after him for is that she was nineteen and he was thirty two, which Oof. I think is fine. Uh, but that, but that was part of the, that was part of the issue where you said, "Hey, you knew what you were getting into." I don't know, maybe not. Uh, but, 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 yeah, I think he thought he was out of the woods on this. He's clearly not. 
and I think this also goes to your point. This is you brought this up a long time ago, and you said that she's the villain, right? Because she's just doing all this, getting into all these relationships, yeah. just for song material. It's it's for her career, and it's pretty clear at this point. Like we we talk about we talk about brands and grifters. She's this is her brand. So when she sits down, I guarantee you, when she sits down to write her song, she's like, all right, who do I go after to please my fans? Because my fans love this. So you know what? I don't have anything fresh right now. Let me go back to John Mayer. They're going to eat this up. Exactly. She's gone after, like, everyone. She's out of material. So she's like, I know. The biggest one was when I really crushed John Mayer. Let's do this again and go, you know, go back to the well one more time. So I think you're on to something with that. I nailed it. I knew it. I nailed it years ago. How about how about we get a song uh, five years from now when she's been burned by a regular guy? She might want to try one of those. <laughs> that, that, right, Willie? Right, Willie? Maybe that'll change her fortunes. Nah, I doubt it. That doesn't stir up the controversy like going after <laughs> exactly. the celebrities, though. No it's kind of it's kind it's kind of like us media members just just banging out you know two three hundred words. And, and Whoa! You don't have to say banging out. You guys are Steve. The, so the song the song though like. <laughs> you, the song of like, like I, I was a finish. superstar. You were a plumber. Like it just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't hit. It doesn't. You're right. You're right. You didn't have to uh, say hit. Uh, right. <laughs> hit Golden Knights are out to a four and one start. Um, I think. Well, I'll ask you guys if it's Cassidy, and I also want to ask you guys, Willie, you start. Um, what do you think so far of the goalie rotation? And uh, you know, Adam said a couple hours ago that hey. Let's not go too crazy over Cassidy. The competition has been crap so far. You got a big game. Yeah, on I didn't the way. get the to counter that. On the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and counter. Well, I mean, the Kings are supposed to be the most improved, and they've been. And some experts have said that they could win the Pacific. They played them. They lost to the Flames. They played five games. So forty percent of their schedule is against teams that are supposed to contend for a division title. So it's they haven't played a crap schedule. They played well against they lost to the Flames but they played the way they're supposed to be playing against the teams that they're playing and that opening game against LA they were underdogs according to Las Vegas experts they were dogs they won so I don't think it's been as crap as Adam made it out to be as ter- in terms of the no he doesn't get to respond I didn't get to respond in the first segment six to one going on to the go- <laughs> they did get crap they did crap six to one yes they did uh the, I like the goalie rotator. I think it's. I think it's fine. Also, uh, the Kings followed up there that, between Adams' that brother against, and Logan Thompson. It's been fantastic. Yeah. Kings followed up that game against the Knights by losing to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, relax on the Kings. Just because they're supposed to be good doesn't mean they are good. So the Golden Knights lost to the Kings, who lost to Seattle. Yeah, and the, then the Golden Knights lost to Calgary. That's how this works, right? Who, who lost to who? Who did sure. Calgary get smacked by? That's how this works, though, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 a, just, it's yeah, a vicious right. rotation, yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah, we can ignore that. Look, I'm not saying they played the worst schedule ever. It's just I think we need to slow down and say, okay, they've we done a very get, good job. They've done what they're supposed to do early in the season against a favorable schedule. We will see. I, we'll definitely see their first true test tomorrow night, right? They yeah. host, they host well, the Stanley I, Cup champs. I thought a couple of things were interesting last night when you, you mentioned the goalie rotation there. Uh, last night, Bruce Cassidy, who, by the way, can he just coach every team? And not not because he's, you know, the greatest coach ever. I'm not saying that. From a media, yeah. from a media standpoint, yeah. yeah, he is a. Yeah, I was I would say dream come true. He's not quite a dream come true because his quotes are impossible to transcribe because they're so long, yeah, and detailed. But to actually say something, 
yeah. to actually say something in your quotes is unreal to deal with compared to what we've had <laughs> not in the past, not only with the Golden Knights, but with every team. Yeah, if we could have him come in like on Wednesdays for McDaniels, yeah, I'd be I'd be cool with that. Yeah, and I you know I I said uh, I, I said last night I was, I was transcribing quotes like this is kind of tough to do, but good lord, you get a lot out of this. And he, when he was talking about the goalie situation, first of all, it was asked. Um, you know, it's been nice to get your number two goalie nice leads early in the game. And Bruce Cassidy's response was, well, I don't think he believes he's the number two goalie, which was interesting because, of course, you've set him up as the number two goalie the way that you've played your goalie so far. And you're setting up Logan Thompson to play tomorrow against Colorado in the biggest game you've had so far. He started the first two games like he's the number one goalie. But that was interesting that he kind of differentiated and said, I don't think he believes he's the number two goalie. But what he said was, it's worked out very well, but it wasn't fortunate because he slipped up and he said, we've been fortunate. He said, I'll actually not say fortunate because this was the plan. It was, we believe Logan Thompson is really good. We're not quite sure if he's ready to be that, you know, carry the torch every single night guy. But we think he's close and he's got that ability. We believe Aiden Hill is a very professional, very competent goaltender. You bring them both in. And the, it's a competition between them, but it's also a healthy competition where they both make each other better. They both try, you know, to establish themselves as that guy. You've got uh, Laurent Bossois coming back at some point very soon. So he said this is the plan to kind of play one off of each other and have them work together, but also make each other better and, and have that competition. I think that's working out well. Uh, I think that they are comfortable with where they are from a goaltending perspective right now and they should be. I mean, look, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're winning the games they're supposed to here. Yeah. On a little football. On a little football. Uh, I generally, on this show, we don't on Friday look ahead to Monday Night Football, but I think it is kind of fascinating to see what the Patriots are going to do with now two quarterbacks, uh, a starter, and I kind of think a co-starter in Matt Jones and Bailey Zappi. And you know, I'm a big listener to the herd over on our sister station, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, thirteen forty and ninety eight nine FM. And I heard Herd's new sidekick, J Mac, mention that, hey, there's news coming out of Patriot Land. Man, Mac Jones maybe not liked so much in the locker room because he's got a big ego. Now where did that story come from, Adam? Uh Bailey Zappi. Well, it doesn't look like that. Okay. It looks like the reports of Mac Jones having to be uh, humbled a bit or having a big ego was actually from Ben Volin, who's covered the <laughs> yeah. Patriots for the Boston Globe for a while. But as it turns out, did Ben get bad information and then put it out there and smear the good name of Mac? Yeah, he got a he got a fake DM and just kind of oh. ran with it. Oh, and no. reported it and 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 did it oh, boy. did it before it was vetted and I, it feels like it was one of those things where he was maybe like a situation that we're in where you get something when you're on the air yeah you just yeah. run on the air with it <laughs> and then don't actually read it or check it out it's happened to us oh. who was your yeah. uh, a darn Schefter was yours that you did yeah well that but yeah it was a darn Schefter but it, but it was um, I think it goes all the way back to where DeMarco Murray had landed I think he was leaving for. Was it Tennessee or Philly the first time around? Was it Tennessee? I can't remember who signed him. It was a big deal. Philly. But a darn Schefter said he was going back to the Cowboys, and I was like, oh, and talked about it for a couple minutes. And then I looked closer because I'm blind, and I was like, oh, wait, that's ADA, lowercase RN. Yeah. That looks like an M. But all I, all I had to do was click on the name, and it would have showed, you know, 400 followers, not 
six point five million. It, it sounds and, like but that's, that's that, what what I did is that is, and I don't mind admitting that because you know, I've been caught by fake tweets. Sure. Um, but that's different than taking a DM and then putting it out there that the guy has an ego problem. Like well, that's that's kind of a big deal to smash the guy. Like, to smash the you know sure. Mac Jones like that a couple years into the league. Sure. And, and it's certainly a lesson to learn of. Sometimes when you're on the air, uh, you know, go to break. <laughs> Hold on, let me read this. Let me read Slow this down. before we just push it out there. Uh, it seems like that may have happened, but yeah, unfortunate uh, for sure for him from his perspective. And I know he's taken a lot of heat in the past. Uh, also, the Buck, the excuse me, the the Patriots having a quarterback with an ego problem. That's stunning. <laughs> can't, how could they ever survive? I know, right? Can Belichick manage it? Yeah. Who knows? Christian McCaffrey on the move. Willie, do you like this deal? Uh, as I said earlier, it's, it's I, I like the deal simply because they're giving him a chance to contend after some frustrating seasons. But how can he last? How long is he going to last? Um, and I'm just I'm curious about it only because it's not as if San Francisco, if you look at the numbers through the first whatever five six games it's they have not been struggling their numbers are in the top tier top half of the league they're not great but they're not struggling and so if he can come in and contribute without having to shoulder the burden and put himself at risk considering his injury history i like to move for both yes this seems like a departure from what the Niners generally do, especially at running back this gigantic blockbuster midseason trade. Listen yep. to Little Shanny talk about bringing over McCaffrey and maybe some of the reasons why they did it. And you know, I think everybody would love the opportunity to have a player like Christian, and so I think everyone looks into it. But it's also nice to keep a good player away from a team that we have to compete with year in and year out. Um, so that definitely helps. I, I think it just it's not just the Rams, but watching a number of teams over the years uh, make trades and stuff, and some work, some don't. Um, but it, it just wasn't like how I think it was for all of us ten years ago to go, even fifteen years ago when that stuff was unheard of. You didn't even discuss it. And um, anytime you have examples, like I think we've had a bunch of them, the Rams have given them to us almost every year the examples but i watch other teams who have done it too and um, you get to make it's nice to watch people do it and see what's good from it what's bad from it and okay so kyle shanahan basically admitting that he they were tired of the rams making blockbuster deals and it actually sure. worked for them so you know what screw it we're gonna do it yeah and i think another thing to point out on this deal is you know we keep i've consistently talked about you don't pay running backs you don't make big trade for running backs you don't do that it is different in this scenario. We laid out a couple of them before of, hey, this is a contender. might push him over the top. But also, we keep calling Christian McCaffrey a running back. Is he? Mm -hmm. yeah, like, where is he going to play? Because one of the, I, I just saw a, a guy that does a lot of uh, film breakdown that was tweeting about it and just said, I am – my mind is blown thinking about how they're going to actually do this where from play to play. Yeah, you 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 line up in the huddle. You've got Debo and McCaffrey. Who's lining up in the backfield and who's lining up in the slot? Yeah. And they both are interchangeable in that way. And then sometimes you line them both. You throw them both in there, both in the slot. And Jeff Wilson's in the backfield or Elijah Mitchell in two weeks when he comes back. You have no idea how you're matching up and who you're matching up with and where they're going to be on the field, which does make this a lot more intriguing than just trading for a quote unquote running back. This is like having Debo and Little Debo. Yeah, it's double Debo. Is that a thing? I don't double, know. Double, double, double Devo. Double it's tough. Devo. It's it's a matchup yeah. nightmare, and I think that's a, that's why this is different 
than, hey, we went out and traded for a running back. Like, not really. On the way back, I want to find out from both Willie and Adam if uh, the Raiders were actually interested in McCaffrey because I saw them listed in, uh, you know, rumor mill stories out there. And who else was kicking the tires on McCaffrey? And the way Adam just put it, man, this this deal could be crazy with the way that uh, the Niners find you, you know, great ways to use all of their weapons, running backs or receivers. Sundays at 8 a.m. Get ready for the day in pro football with Adam Candy's Sunday football preview show live inside Westgate Superbook right here on ESPN Las Vegas. You're listening to Cofield and Company live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Trying to turn this thing around after a one and four start. Willie Ramirez, Adam Hill, Cofield. Uh, it's going to be tough on defense, guys. We'll start with Willie. Boy, Hobbs is good. And by the numbers, he's good. He's the PFF number two defender on the Raiders. I, like, I, I don't know that the casual fan, especially outside the market, has any idea how good Hobbs is. No, and, his, and he's continued to improve, um, you know, since last year. I mean, he's, he's, he's easily – he's, in my opinion, been their best – DB, um, he leaves on the table. You know he's the leading tackler. Now, when I do ta- when I gauge the tackling, I always like to go to solo combo. Can be a little bit, little jaded. So Nate Hobbs leads the team with 28 solo tackles, and I think they're going to miss him in, in the in the secondary. Um, Adam and I were just talking up there a little bit ago where Jonathan Abram. You know, he may have a lot of heart, may have a lot of soul, but when pro football focus grades him, it's near the bottom of the safety list. So, I mean, um, he's got his head in there, but they're missing the heart and soul of that secondary in Nate Hobbs, and that's going to play a role when you're talking about the red zone defense, which is worst in the NFL. And, and I think it's even bigger than that. I mean, I think you're right. I don't think people understand how good Nate Hobbs is. I think, I think it's almost almost fair to say maybe even maybe if it's an you're underselling him to say that he's a top 20 corner in the league right now i don't, I don't think there's any question he is and i don't think it's even that crazy to say it uh because i think people will flip out and be like what are you talking about like just because he wasn't drafted very high yeah. or he's not a household name doesn't mean he's not playing at that level and he has been for two years and when you have a guy like that it's more than just taking him out of the lineup because when you anytime you line up on defense you know that one side of the field is locked down. Like, all right, we don't have to worry about that. How are we going to, you know, to distribute our resources on the rest of the field to take care of, you know, how, what we have to do in coverage? And now you have to kind of worry about every part of the field and say, well, there's not one side that we're overly confident about necessarily. So it's on, it's on everybody. Uh, it has to be a complete team effort to try to make up for that loss. And you have to think about what you're doing from a play-calling perspective, knowing that you can't call a lot of the same things you do when you know you have one guy locked up. This Texans defense, how good is it? Ugh. Is there any way that it slows down Josh Jacobs? I don't know about slowing down Josh Jacobs. I don't think any – to be honest with you, I don't I don't know if there's a team that's going to slow that guy down. He's, he's, he's running with – so much deliver uh, deliberation. It's just the power back in him has come out. The last two games, it's almost 300 yards combined. The one thing, as I mentioned before, that that the uh, Texans defense, the red zone defense, it's actually 
been one of their most strongest attributes. Coach Lovey Smith said that he's he's been uh, he's been pleased with that. And when you compare that to what the Raiders are doing, um, NFL team opponent offensive touchdowns per game, Houston eighth in the league, one point eight. Raiders second to last, three point two opponent offensive touchdowns per game, and as I mentioned before, the worst red zone percentage in allowing 14 red zone touchdowns in 17 attempts. So slowing down Jacobs is one thing, but teams getting into the red zone are having a tough time against the Texans. They're not having that tough time against the Raiders. Yeah, I I haven't been overly impressed with much of what the Texans have done. I mean, offensively is where they're really a disaster. Major. Uh, But defensively, they've They've been okay, and obviously that's what Lovey Smith was brought in to do. Uh, they wanted him to, you know, to work on that defense, and, and he has uh, taken some strides. They have been just rolled through uh, in the run game. I believe they're the third worst run defense in the league, uh, just by pure rushing yards allowed stats. But I think they're even worse uh, if you look at some of the metrics. Uh, they might be the worst run defense in the league. Uh, this is a team that the Raiders should handle. They should be able to run the ball pretty much at will, and then. You know, if the if what you want to do is get that going to where the Texans have to commit extra resources, and then that pops open Devonte Adams over the top, and that that should be how they approach this team, and I think that is how they're going to approach this team. Uh, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be in a situation where it comes down to the final play. This is a team mm-hmm. they should beat and put away, mm-hmm. but they just haven't shown the ability to do that yet. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this should be a game where. They've they've been off, and I know Houston had a bye, but there's no doubt that they've had enough time. The mind of Josh McDaniels, you know, and he's been around long enough under Belichick, knows Lovey Smith, you know, tendencies. You'll know how to prepare. You're coming off a bye week, coming off the loss that you did against the Chiefs. This is the game in which I'm not going to say you turn your season around, but you definitely have to make a statement that, okay, we're going to get this thing going. The guys are hanging at Treasure Island, Golden Circle, Sportsbook, and Bar. It's an awesome spot to uh, bet because they do have a sportsbook there. And if the, they're not open with the windows, they're open 24 hours with the kiosk. So take advantage of that. Free parking in the back of Treasure Island. And then they've got breakfast now. Weekend breakfast starting up when the game start on both Saturday and Sunday. You get your choice of breakfast sandwich, chicken chilaquiles, the uh, quesadilla, the breakfast meat lovers quesadilla, and then the uh, chorizo con papas breakfast bowl. All good stuff. Bottomless mimosa special. Also, Bloody Mary pitchers are available. And best of all, tomorrow at 9 a.m., you can go and meet Gooch and Willie, who will both be there doing the show on ESPN Las Vegas from 9 in the morning until 11. Coming up, Mark McMillan. Speaking of food, we'll get into what's going on on the food scene with Mark and also uh, talk more about cornerbacks. We were just talking about Nate Hobbs. So Mark played the NFL at the position for the Eagles and a bunch of other teams. So uh, Mighty Mac is up next. Tomorrow at 9 a.m., it's Throw the Flag with Willie Ramirez and Gooch, live from the Treasure Island, right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Game three, NLCS. Philly back at home, out to a 1-0 start. Third inning, Schwarby. Had a home run. The only other hit for the Phillies, hometown hero, UNLV guy, Bryson Stott. So a pitching duel so far between Ranger Suarez and Joe Musgrove. Things are going well in Philly. Football on fire with the Eagles. Phillies in the NLCS. A guy who played for a long time in Philly is very connected to that city. 
is Mark McMillan, and he's up with Cofield and Company. What's up, Mighty Mac? Hey, what's going on, man? I see you had a safe little trip over there, man. You're lucky, man. I'm a little jealous that you get to uh, walk on some hollow ground tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. The field we uh, we were down on the field a little bit today. It was super quiet in uh, in Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend, and uh, the, that that campus is really neat. And that the the age of the buildings and the like the facade on the stadium is is really cool. Back to your college days, uh, going on the road with Alabama. What was like? What was the coolest place you played at in terms of stadium or crowd or you know the the ancient history of the place? What was the coolest spot? Um, I would say pretty. I was pretty. Uh, I was planning to see what. Fighting of you know, a thousand. Uh, you go to go to Georgia, put down there between the hedges. That was exciting. Um, you get Uga, you out of the tub. Uh, some, some really cool stadiums. Uh, that opportunity, obviously, Death Valley uh, in Louisiana. You know, playing at nighttime is uh, just a different atmosphere. But you know, yeah. just being in the Southeastern Conference, there's a lot of historical old stadiums that, that has a lot of history. So let's get into the Raiders a little bit. They they you know got bad news on an injury with uh, Nate Hobbs, and now he's on IR. And frankly, he was the most consistent. He's really been the most consistent guy at cornerback the last couple of years. So how hard is it for some other guys to step up? And this is already kind of a from an experience and, and super talented standpoint. This is already kind of a thin defensive backfield, Mark. Yeah, it's real thin. Um, obviously, you know Nate can play nickel and he can play outside as well. Uh, you know, so that's going to be, you know, somebody else has got to step up, you know, and it's going to be a big blow to the secondary. Um, you know, I know a lot of people saying, well, it's the Houston Texans, but, you know, these guys got these guys get paid money as well. They have some really good receivers on the outside. They have one of the best red zone defenses in the, in the National Football League. Uh, so you know, losing Nate Hobbs is real key uh, to this secondary as a team as well because he was emerging as one of the top corners in the National Football League. Mark, I want to ask you, I just – we just moved the story on the wire for the Associated Press. Um, I spoke to Frank Hawkins, Mike Haynes, Eric Allen, three gentlemen you hey. you know of, very especially Eric. Um, and it was Frank, really, who last Saturday was on the show with Gooch and I on Throw the Flag, and we talked about old-school toughness. He said what he sees lacks in this Raider team, and really in football probably right now, is just old-school Raiders toughness. He remembers leadership of Ted Hendricks and – and, and Tatum and, and that, that old school grit. The problem is a lot of the, the, the current players, I spoke to Denzel Perriman, Jonathan Abram, they said the rule changes, they somewhat change your mindset in being able to go in and stick somebody because you're thinking, okay, I don't want to come in on Tuesday to a FedEx letter with a fine. <laughs> oh, it, 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 they don't wait to Tuesday. It, it's there on your stool on Monday. They don't they don't play around. <laughs> uh, but, like, it, it's changed. It definitely changed uh, the game is played. Obviously, you know, from Mike Haynes to me and days, it was a lot more physical. Um, you can be a lot more physical around the line of scrimmage. Uh, now you somebody going to high shell two look, uh, just but don't break. Nobody's really physically getting after these guys uh, like they should. And you know that's why you're seeing so many wide open receivers and and guys with so much space after the catch. Uh, you know it's just really hard. You look at the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs game. Uh, both of those secondaries were playing too high safety. That's why every time the receiver caught a ball, there were like no one around them for the net, you know, for about two yards. And uh, I know the Raiders kind of adapted that uh, a little bit, but they were able to go man more with Nate Hobbs, but with Nate Hobbs uh, out, you know, it's going to be real tough, man. So, you know, from a physical standpoint, uh, it's really tough for these guys. I know the new quarterback rules where guys, you know, it's 
it's so tough to be a defensive lineman, man. If you fall on the quarterback wrong, you're going to get a penalty. Yeah, for, for sure. Well, I just wanted to get into that, the part we were going back to with, uh, with Nate Hobbs and what it does to a secondary. I was trying to talk about how – you know how the the trickle effect kind of works there. When you lose a guy that you know is a shutdown corner that can handle mm-hmm. his own his own spot, and how everybody else can then you know play a little bit easier role because you know one side is locked down. How difficult is it for the other guys in that group? Not just Anthony Averett, who might be the one stepping into Nate Hobbs' role, but for everybody else to then not have that security blanket of having one lockdown corner on the field. Um, it's going to be tough for those guys. You know, we can say you know next man up, but. You know, when you have a guy like Nate Hobbs who who, who demanded that respect, uh, who worked hard uh, in the offseason, uh, got himself ready for the season, and, you know, you rely on that guy to be your number one guy. And when you lose your number one guy, Adam, that, that's major, man. That's a major blow to your secondary, just a long point, you know, as far as the leadership as well. And, you know, you can count on that guy to be there uh, making plays for you, uh, being excited. Uh, even last, you know, when they played the Raiders, man, a guy came back in with, with a club on. So, you know, just showing that toughness, yep. uh, showing his face that he wanted to come out there and compete. Uh, but I don't see that. I don't see that kind of player in the secondary that's going to have that mentality uh, as Nate Hobbs and Adam. You know, just just during the preseason uh, in the press conferences, man, we always just look at each other and and just admire the young man's toughness. Uh, you know, he's a dog, man. Nate Hobbs is a dog, and you can't replace that uh, just with you know average cornerback. Yeah, <laughs> and. Not an average cornerback, Mark McMillan, joining us on, on the show from NFL player turned. I'm going to say chef, Instagram superstar chef. I don't even know how to refer to you anymore. Obviously, some great, great work that you're doing uh, in that realm. Uh, the, the Raiders, we talked about this game against the Texans, and obviously it's as big of a favorite as they've been all year, a game that they're supposed to win. You look at the schedule before the season and say, yeah, that's a victory. And there's a couple more of those games after this, right? Six games that are very, very winnable coming up for the Raiders. How tough is it for a team in this position to not look ahead and say, hey, we got like five or six games we can win here, when you know you just have to focus on focus on this one, but it's got to be really tempting to kind of look ahead a little bit. Yeah, it got real tough. I don't want to look at anybody beat. You know, you play uh, Jacksonville, uh, then you home against the you know, on paper to win those games, uh, but you know it, it's the Raiders, man. They're one and four. You know, so it, it, it's tough uh, to look ahead when you only got one win. And you know, the Houston Texans is coming in. Uh, like I said, they have a good defense, uh, so you know we'll we'll see how that fair. But they should win this game. And obviously, we see, we saw what New Orleans had on paper, well on the on display yesterday. They looked terrible. You know that that, that was a terrible performance. And obviously, going to Jacksonville, the heat could be a little hot. Uh, you know, Jacksonville does have a really good defense. So, it, you know, you can never look ahead in the National Football League because anybody can get beat on any given, given Sunday. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's what the Raiders are going to be dealing with here uh, coming up against Houston, a game you're supposed to win, uh, that you have to win. How how optimistic are you about this team's chances to turn things around and get to where they want to be at the end of the year, which is in the playoffs? Um, I, oh, that's really good. Oh, got Uh, you know, you beat the Broncos, you know, lose to the Chargers. Uh, so you, there's still hope, you know, they lose to the Chiefs. So, you know, the division is wide open. You know, they hope to uh, you know, turn things around. You know, because there's a lot of ball left. You know, a lot of games. Uh, oh, man. Healthy. 
So I know hey, one uh, thing. You know, can we? Where's Darren Waller? Can we get the hamstring straight? You know that. that, that right. It, I, I thought Renfro wasn't at practice the other day. I was out there. I heard he was out there today. But it's like there's no. It's, the only one that's out there all the time is Carr and uh and and uh, and, uh, and you know obviously Josh Jacobs. They got to lean on the running game a lot more. If Waller's not the game. Mark, your uh, your phone's going a little uh, crazy today, so we're going to let you go, and we'll uh, check in with you next week. Have a good weekend, okay? All right, appreciate it, fellas. Have, have fun out there, Steve, and man, don't 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 go punching the leprechaun either. <laughs> <laughs> Please do, actually. <laughs> or just shove him well, to the ground. I'll at least get a picture uh, with the leprechaun. Um, hey, Adam, I wanted to ask you a question about one of the guys we talked about during the draft, folks. Adam Hill never. He sleeps. Uh, very rarely badmouths anyone. You oh. got a really weird vibe off of Derek Stingley. Yeah. And I was looking at his PFF numbers. My God, what a season he's had. He is the 20th best defender on the Texans. And out of 108 uh, cornerbacks around the National Football League, this guy who's supposed to be the, you know, the next coming of whoever, you name the great cornerback, he's 97th. What the hell is going on? Uh, good dude, man. Good dude. <laughs> for sure. Not what you thought. Uh, yeah, I just it, it was one of those guys that you just and, so, and again, look, you can't base entire uh, you can't make entire judgments and and wrap up an entire person in one interaction or one time around somebody. But he was literally it was awesome experiences with every single draft prospect I met except for one. And, and I just thought that was a, a bad. It's a bad impression to leave. I think when you're essentially on a week-long job interview, and again, who cares about us? But the teams actually do. That's kind of the weird thing that people don't know about the Combine is that even even part of the reason that it's so great in Indianapolis is because even the servers, right? Like there's only three or four restaurants that everybody goes to. And teams talk to to the waiters and the waitresses and the bartenders and like, hey, how was this guy? How did he interact? What was it like? It's it's a week-long entire body of work job interview and, and i thought he left a a really bad impression honestly and, and i you know nice. I, I thought look he's an incredibly talented player uh and he might mature at some point but i don't i didn't see it it's part of it's part of judging character and i hadn't realized the nfl looks into it that much but your interaction with people will say of different levels and different jobs like do you show more respect in certain situations kind of faking it and then you're you know then the real you comes out with the, the peasants, you know, the people that you don't think are important. I don't know. I, I watch. I keep an eye on people. I'm sure you do, Adam. I'm sure you do, Willie, when people interact with, uh, you know, you go out to a restaurant, interact with servers, and some people at the table, you're like, what are you doing? Like, freaking speak up and look at the server and pay attention and don't ignore them. Well, I'll admit I'm notoriously awful to people in general. This is true. Um, I don't know if you're awful to people. I can't remember you being a horse's ass to a server. I think you're pretty consistent that you at least look at them and speak to them. Adam's a good tipper. uh, uh, He is a good, he is a very good tipper. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, The, I'll tell you the the place we hit today in South Bend, I had seen it featured on TV and it was really cool because it was right within like a stone's throw, whatever that means, of all the athletic facilities called the Linebacker Lounge. This place was, I didn't know if they were just doing it as a gag for this day, but I, I think it's probably their thing. It was basically like Mean Girls, but they were all like 60 plus. Nice. And 
they were just dropping F-bombs all over the place. And they're like, as people walked in, they're like, okay, your ticket, you're going to be under A-hole. Uh, you, Steve, you're going to be F and Steve. So then later on, you know, they look over like, you know, halfway through your time sitting there and they're like, yo, F and Steve. And you're like, what's going, what is going on here? The marquee for the line, the, the, the marquee for the linebacker in, it looks like an old school Vegas marquee that you would see like on Highland or something. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. looking at it. it. Like, like, the, it'll have like the, the slidey, the little slidey letters. Yeah, the know, that, yeah, no and with anymore. and then and it's got the little martini glass silhouette. It, it, yeah, welcome to the linebacker lounge. The tra- tradition continues. Got a guy sitting in the parking lot with some chairs out there. God, the oh, yeah. Midwest sucks. What do you mean? It was great. Oh, it was it was grungy and there's sports memorabilia all over the floor or all over the floor, all over the walls. And then you know, uh, there's you'll go to bars in almost every city that. Um, police officers or people from cities will drop off the crest, you know, slash patch. Those were all over the place. It was great. It was great. I actually bought a couple of hats. Not for you guys, sorry. Did you, did you get me a fridge magnet? Do you want a fridge magnet? I will. Uh, we're, I have fridge magnets. Actually, from, people bring me fridge know, magnets let, from everywhere. I didn't know that. Okay, let's build on this on the way back. What do I need <laughs> to get you guys? Sure. Because uh, I will be back in South Bend because I'm staying a little further away. As you and I will be taking on Notre Dame tomorrow, as you've heard throughout the show, 11 o'clock pregame from Learfield. Russ and Caleb and myself. Kickoff is at 11.30. Coming up, Brad Bag. Join Cofield and company on Mondays for the live 2 to 5 show at Twin Peaks in Henderson. Big beers for under 4 bucks. Select appetizers are 2 4 and $6. Come hang at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. So I need to get Willie fridge magnets. I had no idea when I go on the road. I got them from everywhere. Dubai, London. I can't top those. No, I know. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what Fresno and Albuquerque, very luxurious location. Yeah, but those if those are places, you know, I I just dig the fridge magnets. That's all. Okay, Adam, can you? Will you start doing this as well? What collecting fridge magnets? Yeah, for Willie. Oh, I thought you meant do I want any? I was absolutely not. No. Um, sure. I'll start grabbing some. Boulder City, Anderson. Start thinking of it. I've probably gone on Bourbon Street. I might get him one from the TI right now from the gift shop. <laughs> I've probably gone on 75 road trips since I've known the SO, since we've been going out, and I think this may have been the first time I remembered to buy a hat. How bad am I? I spoke to the SO. She's fed up. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. How'd you get in touch with her? That's awesome. She probably is. She probably is. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it, man. I wouldn't doubt it. All right, football picks for this weekend. First of all, you guys know the other thing I do when I go to new states uh, in these times is I will try to open up a sportsbook account in every state I go to if they have legalized gambling. I believe I have one in Indiana. Uh, do you know what you opened? What account? No, it, was, it was downtown Indy. I can't remember what it was. Oh, you know what? I was just thinking. So here's the deal. I opened a FanDuel account, and I have some questions for you guys, but I was, I was thinking to myself, I open an account, I have some free bets, but I can't go through all the free bets, and I'm going to need someone, who because I'm probably never coming back to Indiana anytime soon, and I, that, that just hit me that uh, it's either Ryan McKittle, because he's from here, or you, I will have to have you sign in 
and maybe withdraw my money or make bets for me. Okay, there's a solution. Can I, can th- I point something out? Like, I think I'm going to be in Indiana at some point. Uh, you love if you could be in Indianapolis six times a year, you would do it. You love when they move the combine, you will still come here. That's true. This is true. You freaking love Indianapolis. The one thing that I'm really curious about if if these books ever come to Nevada that are not licensed in Nevada, what will happen first, guys? That they will adjust their numbers and give 20 cent lines because they don't do it in other states, man. I look at the lines and I'm like, this is garbage, man. Like, it's like the nickel and diming, and not necessarily FanDuel, I just, uh, anyway. Um, sure. But what's going to happen, if they come to, if they come to Nevada, are they going to, are they going to come in and do what they do, or are they going to acquiesce and do what the other books do, or are they going to come in, change everything, and then every book in Nevada will have 30 cent lines? I hope not. No, I don't think that would happen. I, I don't I mean, think, I can't imagine everybody going to 30 cents. If, if they come in, obviously, I think betting, betting menus will be expanded. I, I think the, the, uh, right. You know, gaming commission would have to look at a lot of those things and start to approve them because that's what a lot of these different markets do. But I, I think it'd be the other way around. I, yeah. I do think not to not to say we're better than everybody, but I think in this area we are as consumers in Nevada that understand oh, we have we're uh, so better off. Oh, and, and I mean, look, the Delaware was like one of the first states to to add sports betting after Nevada, and they they said okay, parlays only, which is just. You know, crazy for the consumer, and people are yeah. lining up to throw their money down the drain. Yeah. So it was I must have heard there. on radio locally. I must have heard uh, driving around twenty different sportsbook commercials, and all they push is that same game parlay. Yep. Down the stretch here, Willie. Do you have a favorite NFL game on Sunday that you're making a selection on? Not yet. Um, I, I I don't. I, I haven't I haven't studied the card enough to to zero in on one particular game. I've got, I've got games narrowed down. You better get uh, some games, man. You're doing the Westgate on Sunday. You gotta have some games, brother. Oh, I got. I just said I haven't narrowed. You asked me okay. if I had one favorite game. I haven't narrowed it down yes, to it's, one, it's but a, I have games easy, narrowed. It's down. an easy question, Adam. Do you have a, do you have one game that you like? Uh, Broncos. Yep, me too. I just think this whole thing is absurd to me. This whole thing. Willie, great job today. I appreciate you, my friend. Adam, eh. Jared, great job filling in. I know you had to do a lot of double duty this week. Thanks to Treasure Island, the Golden Circle Sportsbook, and Bar. Willie's going to be back there tomorrow at 9 a.m. Have a good week, everybody. Tune in for the Notre Dame UNLV game.